world. It's your past first point guard and Trailblazers reporter Mike Richmond. Listen to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts and also on YouTube. Thanks for making the show your first listen, coming at you each and every weekday, Monday through Friday. So make it a part of your daily routine. Tell your friends to do the same. It's Locked On Blazers, your team every day. Today's show, recapping a gritty, impressive, but in the end, kind of a bummer loss to the Warriors where the Blazers played inspiring basketball and had a lead pretty much all night and came up just short in the final 60 seconds against a Dubs team that they had on the ropes. They had them on the ropes. Talk about that. Talk about Amphrey Simons' return to play. An appreciation of what Simons' return, what Simons' returning means. Uh, and we got a little glimpse of the future of the Blazers in this one due to how stinking short-handed they were. The you know I think we got a feel for both where you know what 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 the next generation of this group next iteration of this group is going to look like and kind of the the culture that they have built you know we've seen it a bunch this year and that was that was hammered home uh, against the warriors on Wednesday evening you are listening to Thursday December 7th show i appreciate you listening let's let's do what we do fastest recap in the west blazers lose 110-106 and they led throughout the first 39 minutes of this game they're up 26-22 after one, 55-48 at the break. Shaden Sharp had 14 points in the second half. Uh, the the Warriors just they couldn't make shots. I thought the Blazers played inspired and competitive defense in the first half. They were really physical. Uh, clearly, they talked about crashing the glass. They had 11 offensive rebounds in that first half, and the Warriors were 2 of 16 from 3. They're 2 of 16 from 3, and it's like, Okay, you know they're going to make the run because they're just like they're not going to shoot 13% from three. They're uh, on the season they shoot north of 39% as a team. You know at some point they're going to come back and and make it make this one a game. But the Blazers didn't go away. Up 86-82 after three. Uh, Steph has 17 in the third quarter. He's he's charging back. the The Warriors cut the lead to one, and the Blazers immediately push it back to 11. They would not go away under any circumstances. They refused to fold. That is, until things got late. So up 86-82 after one. Warriors took their first lead of the game uh, with 8.55 left on a free throw from Jonathan Kaminga, who played at the end of the game. I thought Jonathan Kaminga must be hurt. He didn't play in the first half. Came in with like five minutes left in the third quarter and then was great down the stretch. Um, <laughs> Steve Kerr had forgot about him a little long, longer. The Blazers might have won. Um, but even then, the Warriors take the lead. 8.55 left in, in the game. Blazers immediately come down and score. Warriors never have the ball with the lead. Warriors take the, the lead again. 3.29 left in the fourth quarter. Blazers immediately respond, Blazers, and, and the Warriors don't have the ball in the lead. So basically, for the first 45 minutes of the game, the Golden State Warriors at home playing against the Blazers, who are without DeAndre Ayton, without Jeremy Grant, and without Malcolm Brogdon, who did not play in the second half, without their veteran core, They don't have the lead. They just can't hang. They can't hang. 45 minutes, and the Warriors are, are struggling and clawing to come back. Even after a monster Steph Curry third quarter, they're still clawing to get back. And the game really changes in the final minute. Blazers are up to Warriors have the ball, clock ticking under a minute 20. 
They run a play uh, where Draymond fakes a dribble handoff with Steph Curry and drives middle. The help comes. Draymond throws an alley-oop to Jonathan Kaminga, who jumps up to quite literally 14 feet to dunk it. Like, his his chin was at the rim. He jumped so freaking high. Warriors go up 105-101 with a minute four remaining, and the 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 um, the chase center, the 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 house that tech built uh, i was gonna say something meaner but i'm this is a family show the house that tech built um is, you know is loud and feels like okay the, the blazers made their run but they're gonna lose but they push the other way they they every simons draws a double team gets out of you know double team when the double team comes get the get off the ball you have a four on three situation gets off the ball gets it to scoot makes a catch quick decision as the help comes to matisse thibel rise up fire three cash all of a sudden it's back to a one point game 105 104 you need a stop clock ticking under a minute um thibel shot comes at like the 52 second mark so play defense you're gonna have a chance steph curry's been really good in the second half but you got to just play defense for the final 52 seconds and you might pull this bad boy out and they do. Andrew Wiggins gets the ball in the corner, drives uh, middle. Uh, he gets the ball in the right corner, drives middle with his left hand and tries to finish with his right hand, guarded by Tamani Kamara. Rims out a layup. Kamara grabs the rebound. And he kind of gets like half bumped, but like mostly just kind of like crowded a little bit by Kaminga. And no one comes back to the ball. Scoot is kind of hiding behind Kaminga. They kind of get, you know, Scoot's kind of jockeying for a position, but he doesn't really get himself free. The other guards uh, sharpen. Every Simons have have left right because it's like that's not their job. They need to get up in court, and get up the court, and go. There's like under 35 seconds left. Uh, Wiggins shot rims out at like the 34 second mark. So. One point, you're going to be down one with the ball. Blazers have two timeouts, and Tamani Kamara loses his balance after this. I don't think he got pushed, no foul, no nothing, just a just balance thing. Loses his balance, and instead of falling back out of bounds, kind of tosses it over to the side to try to try to make a save. He's like directly under the rim and tries to toss it over to to the, his left side. Dang it! Warriors get the ball back. Steph Curry gets the isolation he wants on on Amphrey Simons, and he hits a three-pointer because it's Steph freaking Curry. Warriors go up four. That's your ball game. They hold on to win 110-106. That's your fastest recap in the West. Before we get into the box score, Tamani Kamara just has to take a timeout, or the bench has to take a timeout. Someone involved with the Blazers has to take a timeout. It's 30 seconds left, and you have two. You have two in the chamber. Now, if you're a long-time listener to the program or just a recent-time listener to the program, I have mentioned that I am very much in favor of not taking timeouts in those situations. I would rather go against a defense that isn't set, against a defense that didn't say, hey, this is the four ATOs they run. They're going to run this type of action. We got to just sit on it. We want to switch it. Here's our exact plan. Particularly the Warriors, they're smart. They're well-coached. Like They're, they're going to know what you're going to do like I would rather I would rather give the ball to Anthony Simons and say go go do your thing like just that the best shot we're going to get is a is is let players play now I'm very very much in favor of not taking the timeout but with two timeouts in your pocket falling out of bounds under 30 seconds down one on the road you gotta with you gotta take one um you know, not not 24 hours earlier, LeBron James just tried to call a timeout all willy nilly. He just called a timeout because he believes that he is he he deserves one. You gotta you gotta model your game after the king. You can just call a timeout literally whenever you want in the NBA. Once you get good enough, it doesn't even matter the situation or the rules of the sport. Tamani's got to call when he's holding the ball, falling out of bounds. Instead, he tosses that soft one, and, and they lose. You know, I thought Tumani played great in this game. Um, he really, he, he's, he's, he's really an entertaining player to watch. But 
that's tough. You know, it's a weird one for the bench because it happened kind of quickly. It's like, yeah, okay, is it, what's he going to do with the ball? Oh, he's falling out of bounds. Oh, he threw it away. Oh, no. Like, it happened. Um, there wasn't a... Billups would have had to be a coach who takes a timeout there in order to take a timeout. But he's not a coach who takes a timeout there, which I like. I like that about Chauncey, uh, but it hurt him. It hurt him. Uh, here's here's your box score. By the way, Warriors made two threes in the first half, eight in the second half. It, 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 that stuff evens out, including the the Steph Curry game winner at the end. Uh, Every Simons, in his return, played 37 minutes, scored 28 points with four assists. Uh, 10 of 27 from the floor. Didn't shoot great from, from two, but six of 13 from three. Hit six three-pointers. Had 20 28 points. He was great, and he just opens up so much for what they want to do on offense. More on that in a little bit. 26 from Shane Sharp. He was great. Shane Sharp was really good. Six points, uh, five assists. I thought Shane Sharp was excellent. Uh, Tamani Kamara, funny stat line. Six points, 13 rebounds uh, before he fouled out. Uh, Malcolm Brogdon went scoreless in 12 minutes in the first half and then left with right knee sore- soreness, as I mentioned. Duop Rethu got the start in place of DeAndre Aiden. 10 points, six boards. Uh, 12 off the bench for Jabari Walker, who was really good, and the Blazers wanted to close with him until he fouled out. Uh, Matisse Thibel, 9 off the bench, who was in that closing lineup. Scoot Henderson, 9 off the bench. Um, you know, Scoot's got some warts shooting the ball, but um, he's a, I enjoy I enjoy watching him. Um, uh, Chris Murray was the ninth guy. He, he played and hit two threes. He finished with six points. I thought he was pretty competitive on defense, too. A nice little game for, for uh, Murray. On the Warriors' side, 31 for Steph Curry. Uh, finished 5 of 13 from three. He struggled in the first half. Only made one, one field goal in the first half. Got himself going at the free throw line early and then you know, made shots in the second half because he's an all-timer. Uh, 10... 10, 10, and 9 for Draymond Green, who um, just operates outside the rules of basketball for everyone else. Like, I, I think it is. I, I am not someone who's going to complain about what Draymond Green is and is not able to do. Um, he's just playing a different sport. <laughs> They're letting him play a different sport. Uh, 11 for Clay Thompson. He was bad. 9 for Andrew Wiggins. He was bad. Kevon Looney, 6 points and 8 boards. Uh, uh, Warriors got a boost off their bench. Moses Moody, 12. Dario Sharch. 13 and 13 for Jonathan Kaminga, who played the final 17 minutes after he checked in and went six for six and was plus 13 in a game they won by four. Um, I wished Steve Kerr, for the sake of the Blazers, had thought that, like me, that Jonathan Kaminga was still injured. Um, it's. I want to talk more about this game um, in the second segment because that's what we're going to do in today's show. But uh, like the Blazers played so dang tough played so dang tough and lost um and Avery Simons is just such a huge help let's talk about both of those things and and um and, and what we're seeing from this group in the second segment but before we do that I want to tell you about FanDuel it's America's number one sports book they want to give you some free money it's the NFL season because you know why because it's getting colder but you know what's heating up FanDuel baby stay hot Download FanDuel, and right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So any anybody, pick anybody to win. Put $5 straight money line bet. A money line is an outright betting someone to outright win. You get $150 when your team wins. So if you think about joining FanDuel, do it now. Do it now. While well, the NFL is getting colder because we're reaching playoffs, or at least getting close to it. But you can stay hot, and once you get that free hundred fifty bucks, in bonus bets you can bet on things like spreads, player props, over unders, whatever you're looking for. But you gotta go to Fanduel.com/slash/locked-on to get involved. That's Fanduel.com/slash/locked-on. Fanduel is an official partner of the NFL. 
All right. You know, the the most frustrating part, and I'm, I, I would say I do not, I came away heartened by this this Blazers game, encouraged even. Uh, encouraged might be an overstatement. I, I am continually impressed by how hard the Blazers play. They do not get cheated. I've said it a million times on the show. I'll probably say it a million more times. They've played 22, they've played 20 games. They got 62 left. Um, I'm going to guess 50 times. I'll probably say that on the show after 50 games. They just don't get cheated. They, they don't get cheated. Um, and in this game, they played particularly hard. They were particularly physical early because they were shorthanded, right? No DeAndre Ayton, no Jeremy Grant, who's been their offensive anchor. Um, you, they, you know, you lose Malcolm Brogs in midway through this game. You're on the road against a Warriors team that, you know, the Warriors haven't been very good this year, but like they still have the DNA of a team. Or I don't even know. I guess you always keep your DNA, so they probably do still have the DNA of, uh, uh, you know, of a team, of, of a championship team. They've got that core there, even if um, some of members of their core look like they should be replaced by Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody in the starting lineup. Um, but like the, the Blazers just don't, they don't wilt. They don't wilt. Even against tough odds, they don't wilt. And I thought, uh, quite frankly, that the Bla- that the Warriors came out sleepy. They came out sleepy. First six, seven minutes of this game is a sleepy game from the Warriors. And Sometimes, you know, really good teams, when you play a, a team with the record that the Blazers do, they have the record of a bad team because they're probably not a very good one. But like when you play against when you play against undermanned uh, and, and teams that are just like have more talent, then sometimes you do try to sleepwalk and say, OK, we're going to turn it on. We're going to turn it on. But the Blazers didn't give back those first seven minutes. They didn't match that energy. They said, you Y'all are going to coast? Well, we are going to go full throttle. And they they came out and took control of the game and never gave it back. Um, and basically until the final four minutes when after a Steph Curry, like a Steph Curry bailout, you had to have a Hall of Famer bail you out. Like the, the Blazers never gave the game away. They simply just at some point got out talented and made, you know, a couple really made one bad turnover with 30 seconds left. Otherwise, they had a shot, the shot to win the game on the road. And that's what you're asking for in a game like this. They're just so dang tough. 11 offensive rebounds. Very clearly, they talked about it heading into this game. We're going to crash the glass. You know why I know that? Scoot was crashing the glass. Every time he was crashing, crashing the glass. It wasn't just Tumani Kamara, who did and always does, but he was good in this game at going to the glass. Or just or Jabari Walker, who played a bunch of minutes of the backup five. Or, or Chris Murray, who, like, if you're going to get in there, you got to go mix it up. And he did. But, like, the guards going back to crash. Shaden Sharp getting himself in the paint off um, when his uh, teammates were, were putting shots up. Like, they... They had a plan, and they went and and they just played their butts off. They're so they were so physical on defense, so attentive to like getting themselves extra possessions that, um, I came away feeling like you know what I appreciate what this group does. They're an easy team to for 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 as bad as their record is and and whatever whatever like, and and as as sort of like light on talent they were in this particular evening. Incredibly, incredibly easy to root for and, and, and appreciate in all of those things. Um, I came away, like I said, heartened, heartened by this performance. Uh, and the other, like my, my sort of appreciation here is that Amphrey Simons just makes, makes everything easier. He makes everything easier. Uh, you know, he, he has his struggles. He's not this elite playmaker and he's not someone who gets to the foul line. And those might be the things that hold him back from being a tier one player in this league or a, 
I don't mean to step on Seth Partnow's tears thing, but like Simons is, is, you know, the difference in whatever level he is and the next level is like that he just has, there's some things he doesn't do very well. But boy, is he good. And boy, does he make stuff easy for the Blazers. Like he's not this elite playmaker, right? But he commands a double team. You got to guard him with two people because um, one, he's he's the offensive threat that you want to say, okay, let's get the ball out of his hands. And if you play him straight up, he'll just shoot over the top because he's comfortable shooting off the dribble. So when you run screen actions and you run things like you either want to switch, which allows for mismatches, or you want to send two and try to recover because the Blazers don't have a ton of shooting around him, particularly with this current lineup that they played tonight. And just that, just what they're able to do and what they're able to run with Ant and Ant's play, Ant's, Ant's gravity and, and it just his dynamic on offense, it's just so valuable. It's so, so, so helpful. You know, they ran a bunch of these uh, horn screens. They're like um, really far extended. So horns is like two guys at the foul line typically, but instead the Blazers are running horn screens at like 35 feet. They used to run this for Dame a lot last year too, but Instead of a stacked screen with two guys coming to screen where you can choose, I'm gonna, uh, or where you're going to go around you know, two and try to kind of force, force a switch or force a matchup you want by going around a double screen, it's you can pick your side. You can go right or you can go left. And Ant attacking out of that horn set was so good. One, it, brings the, it just changes the geometry so much because it brings the defense out above the three-point line. The Blazers don't have someone who eats up, who can like create more space like that other than Simons. As good as Malcolm Brogdon is, he's just not, that's not what he is at all on offense. And Simons just creates so much. And in that final minute, he commands a double team. They run a scoot, Simons pick and roll or a screen action. Uh, it's not a really, it's, it's not a pick and roll. It's just a screen to, to, to kind of get the, the matchup you want. And the Warriors send two to the ball and gets rid of it. Scoot makes a good decision as a short roller and finds Matisse Thibel. No one else on the team with the clock running under a minute is going to get a like early offense double team. No one's going to command that. It is, you know, I think Simons is, you know, he usually comes in 37 minutes and has 28 points. Took a ton of shots, right? Took, a tw- took 14 shots, I believe, in his first shift. And he finished with 27 shot attempts in the game. Like, he was he was there to score because they knew they needed him, right? No Jeremy Grant. And, and then eventually you don't have Malcolm Brogdon. Like, they knew they needed him. And, and he went out and, and made sure to put his imprint on the game. This wasn't like... He didn't shoot well from two, right? Uh, he's four of 13 from two. Like, I'm not trying to say, like, this was this elite game. But the shooting, the six threes, is is elite. And most of those are are off the dribble. Um, he had a play in the in the second half, in the fourth quarter, I believe, in the fourth quarter. And he drives baseline. The Warriors all sink down to stop him on the baseline. He hangs, jumps out of bounds, throws a right-handed whip pass to Scoot Henderson at the top of the key and Scoot Henderson missed the three by about as bad as you can miss it and be um, allowed to stay on the court in a competitive NBA game but it's a great pass and it's a great pass that someone's wide open because of the gravity you have and I think that gravity and that geometry changing ability to shoot off the dribble is so crucial for the Blazers they just needed Anthony Simons back and everything got easier because of it. Okay, to close the show, I want to talk about the future that was on display here. You know, if the Blazers had won this game, I was going to be screaming into the mic. I probably wouldn't yell because I I try to try to make it listenable to some extent. But I would be I would be banging on the desk. The future is now. 
And I'll say this, the future was on display to close that game. Let's talk about who was on the court when it mattered and what that means for this team's identity and potential going forward. That's what we'll do to close the show. But first, let's talk prize picks. It's daily fantasy made easy. I'll play prize picks on the app. Um, I can make a selection. You know, prize picks in the ad copy, they want to say 60 seconds. That's not true. I am more judicious with my picks. I'm a little more deliberate with my picks. It takes me about 90 seconds. But still, 90 seconds to pick between two and six players on an entry. And it's just you picking between the stats projections set by price picks more or less than the numbers they have. So more than 24 and a half for Anthony Simons. Ding, 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 ding. You're getting it. More than 28 and a half for, for Steph Curry. Ding, 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 ding. Less than 15 for Clay Thompson. Ding, 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 ding. You make your picks. Take me about 90 seconds. You might be able to do it faster if you really believe in yourself. And then you get, once you win, you can get your your money quick and easy with safe and fast withdrawals. And right now, they want to give you some money if you're a first-time player. You got to go to prizepicks.com slash NBA. And use the promo code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. That means when you're making your first deposit, after you sign up, They'll match you dollar for dollar up to a hundred bucks. So if you only want to put in twenty bucks and just see what Prize Picks is all about, go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA. But if you're feeling froggy and you want to put the whole hundred dollars in there and have two hundred dollars to play around with and find out how fun it is to play daily fantasy sports, well, go to PrizePicks.com/slash locked on NBA and use that promo code locked on NBA. It's Prize Picks daily fantasy made easy. Still a pass first point guard. I'm still Mike Richmond, and you are still listening to Locked on Blazers. I mentioned Amphrey Simons in that second segment, how easy he makes it for everybody. I think Shaden Sharp is case in point in that. Shea finished with 26 points on 10 of 18 shooting. It's 4 of 9 from 3, had 6 boards, 5 assists, and just 1 turnover in 42 minutes. His 1 turnover was a charge, and I think it was a charge. In fact, I don't think... I think it was, I knew when they called it, it was going to be a charge. I'm not 100% sure. Um, I don't love the call. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I, I'm complaining about the refs when you watch Draymond Green and Nessa. Fool's errand. Who is it valuable for? Um, I'm whining about the state of the NBA. Um, LeBron James got a free timeout and Tumani Kamara didn't even take one. Um, but Shane Sharp was great in this game and some of his value his his what he's able to bring is magnified by what having Anthony Simons back and eventually having Malcolm Brogdon back will do like um Shane Sharp is not a primary right like he's not a point guard you and if you ask him to be a point guard he will get um you know he'll get overtaxed and I think we saw it a bunch when the Blazers were super shorthanded as they're playing him at backup point guard and it just was a mess it was not it was not it was not the way to get the most out of him. But because, even though he's not a, a, a one, like he's not a true point guard, doesn't mean that you don't want him running, operating pick and rolls and making decisions out of those pick and rolls and putting pressure on the defense out of those actions and being a guy who is who is who you know has the ball in his hands and makes decisions and makes plays. You absolutely want him to do that. But how much easier is it for him to do that either on the second side? So Simons comes down, makes a play. Okay, doesn't work. Swing the ball to, to, to Shane Sharp. Now he's you know he can attack against a defense that has been loaded up to stop Simons. Or they ran a couple plays for him where it's he's on the wide side and they want, run a wide pin down for him, but 
Amphrey Simons comes and gets the ball on the near side, and then they swing it to Shea, and now it's just set up for him with a bunch of space and an empty side to attack or use a screen or pull up or do what he does. Like, he can score at all three levels with space. His big problem is when he gets in a crowd and gets his feet kind of busy on jump shots, but like, Shane attacks the rim with purpose and he can jump really high and he's super strong in the air and he can um, finish through contacts. He had a couple drives today where he didn't get foul calls. One of them that he made a shot without, with uh, no foul calls, just like, well, that's, that's a superstar type of play. Like, and when his, when he is able to not be the primary focus and have the responsibility of setting up the offense and getting guys into stuff, he's just, he just looks so much better. And when he's been back the last handful of games in that sort of true shooting guard role or true kind of like, he's still a primary option, but like secondary in terms of initiating the stuff, initiating the plays, he just looks, he just can be so much more dangerous. And with the, with the, with the pressure that Simon's ability to shoot and ability to attack um, as a pull-up jump shooter and as, as a guy who has a lefty running hook off the glass, which Simon scored today, like uh, Shaden Sharp has space and has, has the ability to be more dangerous because of what Simon's brings. And those two dudes are on the court at the end of the game. Uh, you know, I've been, I've talked about this a bunch on the show and the point for me of this season is to see what they have for the future. And I know there is a certain portion of the fan base that wants to say, trade Anthony Simons. And it just doesn't make any sense to me. Part of finding out what you have is playing Amphrey Simons and figure out what, what level he can get to and what level he can be. You don't have to rush it. Um, does he fit well with Shaden Sharp? How well can that duo play together? What if they go three guards? The Malcolm Brogdon thing get, makes it a little more tricky, and the four guard stuff is is why you know the, why screaming about a trade maybe makes sense. But to me, what you have with the young players, players under twenty five, Amphrey Simons is twenty four, Shane Sharp's twenty, Scoot Anderson's nineteen, and they're all on the court to end the game. The Blazers in the final eight minutes play two separate lineups. Those three guards, Ant, Shea, and Scoot, playing together with Tumani Kamara and Jabari Walker. Walker fouls out in kind of semi-transition. I thought Walker played his butt off. I thought Jabari was really good in this game, played his butt off. But some of it, the reason, you know, it's like you see in the first half, the Blazers played incredibly physical. Well, they had three guys with three fouls at halftime because they were playing incredibly physical. If you're if you're handsy and aggressive, you're going to get foul calls. The Blazers were handsy and aggressive. They got foul calls. They played great. Fouls happen. Jabari Walker fouls out. And the Blazers go to Matisse Thibel at the end of the game. Another player, you know, under 26, um, you know, under contract. Like, the Blazers played their young guns. They can't always do this. Jeremy Grant's going to be on the court to end games. Um, I think there is a question, and it's a big question for me, that if Malcolm Brogdon is healthy, does he play? I think yes, right? Because they try to win, and they take Scoot out of there. I would say, generally speaking, I'm not really in favor of that. Scoot played 26 minutes tonight, and I think that's the right in the right number for him right now. He is not good enough to play 34. You know, I, if you're listening to the podcast, you know early in the season I was in favor of him starting and playing and a whole bunch and yada, yada, yada. But Shaden Sharp has is clearly more productive than him. And Avery Simons is too good not to play. So it was a, it was a decision you're going to make between Scoot and Shea. Shea has clearly won the spot. You got to change your priors. You don't need to hold on tightly to your opinions. Uh, you know, strong opinions loosely held, I think. It's an important thing to have. I changed my, changed my tune here. I, I think it's totally fine if Scoot comes off the bench. But I don't want him playing less than less than about this, right? And I think Malcolm Brogdon playing and being healthy puts this confusion there. 
we'll talk about the confusion when we get there. And I think and I think Jeremy Grant, you know, he'll, there's minutes for him, and I think it's kind of fine if uh, you know Jabari Walker is is playing 18 minutes a night instead of 22. But um, we'll see. Uh, at some point, you kind of um, you have to play talented players, I think, is the truth. And that's why Brogdon and, and JG might both be playing at the end of games. But at the end of this one, the Blazers play two second-round forwards and three guards who are part of the future. And they switch everything, and they play hard as hell, and they spread you out on offense, and they try to get... Um, they run, they're running a bunch of guard, guard screens where Scoot Henderson is the screener stuff. I love actions. I love on offense. And it made me think, you know, I was, why I was going to be pounding the desk and yelling the future is now is like, this was not the plan. The plan is not to be all injured and busted up and not be able to have DeAndre Ayton available, for instance, a a young player, young veteran who's, who's certain, you know, under 26 and, and like, yeah, you, you like want to see what you have, right? That's the whole point of the season. See what you have. But like to see it be Tumani and Jabari and to see it be the three young guards out there hanging tough with the Warriors and not, you know, not giving them a possession with a lead until there was under three minutes left in the game. 45 minutes of the Blazers basically leading every single minute except for, you know, two possessions where the Warriors scored and the Blazers immediately answered. That's, to me, that was the exciting part about this game. You know, how hard they play and how competitive they are seems to be part of what this version of the team is going to be. And that's really fun to watch. But seeing it not only be that, but being it with the young guys who can be part of what's next, with the guys under contract or, you know, on rookie contracts who are going to be able to grow. Because, like, the nature of the NBA is that a bunch of these dudes won't be on the team when when things change over. But that group, the second rounders and the young guards, that might be what becomes the next version of this team hanging tough playing to an identity on the road against the warriors that's pretty fun i i i i i probably won't always come away from losses this season being like they played great that was a good game but i came away from this game and this loss saying like they played great they played great like you they should be they should be happy with how they played they're six and 14 through 20 games it is what it is. Like they're gonna have, they're they're gonna rack up losses this year. I think that's pretty clear. But if they play like this, and they let the young guys breathe, right? They let them get out there and play. I think it'll be easy to appreciate it over the final sixty-two of them. I hope you're there with me to appreciate it. That's what we're gonna try to do on this podcast. Uh, we do it five days a week, wherever you get podcasts, and also on YouTube. Tomorrow's show, we're going even younger. Uh, talking Rip City Remix with Devon Pouncey, who is uh, the television analyst for the remix someone who's watched them up close and seen them seen the bunch uh share he's going to come share his expertise on all things remix and what the blazers have done down there including ryan repair who's been down there playing well and what we've seen from ibu baji and moses brown and the blazers at the lower level that's what's good friday show then guess what come back do five more next week we have you got podcasts also on youtube Join me for tomorrow's show. Join me all all next week. Stick with me all season long. This team is fun, and hopefully you're having fun listening to the show. Tell your friends about the podcast. I appreciate you listening. I'll talk to you soon.